Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast, where you can build your total freedom lifestyle and live your life doing what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. And now, here is your host, John Racine. Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast. This is episode two. I am super excited for our guest today. She is a mother of five, an international best-selling author, certified life coach for teens and adults. She's board certified to the American Association of Drugless Practitioners as founder and CEO of Live Joy Your Way and the Authentic Me Rise Up program. She works with high achievers on letting go of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety that comes from trying to do everything and trying to do it all perfectly. She is trained in conscious parenting and is working on certifying in conscious uncoupling. Her goal is to meet a client where they are and support them as they grow, taking them from expectation hostage to resilient leader. Our guest today, Comedy Wood. Comedy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. I'm going to carry you with me in my pocket and you can always just do my introductions from now on. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be my pleasure. We, We kind of unpacked a whole bunch there in the intro. Where do we start with comedy? Yes. So Kamini. Kamini is um, herself a people-pleasing perfectionist. <laughs> and I like to say that I'm a recovering people-pleasing perfectionist. But the thing is that we, we just have to learn how to carry it with us um, and use it to our advantage rather than let it hinder us. So um, that's where we probably could start. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? So for me, what it looked like was um, defining myself by the roles I was playing and always looking for the next, the next thing to do, right? So as a high achiever, we tend to try to, we have a goal and then we get there. And instead of taking the time to actually recognize what we've accomplished, it's like, oh, that's great. Now what's next? You know, and it's always looking to the next goal post. And then as a, as a people pleaser, um, and I don't say it in an, I mean, you know, it can be taken as a negative thing. To me, it's something that I carry with me. It's, it's part of who I am. I do care. I'm an empath. I do care how other people feel. But there's a difference between caring for and recognizing that we contribute to people's happiness versus we're being responsible for. And as a people pleaser, I always took on the responsibility for how other people were feeling. And, you know, I would bend myself inside and out to make sure that I either avoided conflict or that they were happy, but without taking into consideration what I was feeling or what I was needing. And I do think that a lot of the high achievers and people pleasers, what ends up happening is we almost think it's selfish to think of our, you know, to think of our needs and wants. And what we have to realize is we do have to fill our own cup in order to then even be there to support those in our life. So the um, two so become, yeah. the two are kind of mutually exclusive then at the outset until you have this realization and start moving towards making the two come together and speak to each other. Yeah. I mean, and what happens is, is it, you end up in a place of codependency when you are in people pleasing. And what it means is when you really break it down, it's moving from this point of codependency into realizing you can be interdependent. And it's not just in your romantic relationships, it's interdependency in all of the relationships that you are that you are involved in in your life and recognizing that um, you can depend on people and use them for support, but ultimately you can have your own identity and that's not a bad thing. You know, if somebody asks you what you want for dinner, it's okay to tell them what you want for dinner <laughs> instead of always saying, I don't know, what do you want? <laughs> 
Yes, yes, I've seen, witnessed, and been party to that too many times. <laughs> yeah. What What was it where you finally said that they were a mutually exclusive thing and you had to make a change or discover something better? Yeah. So for me personally, um, my the greatest gift that I've had in my life has been becoming a mom. And so my big catalyst moment was when I saw my, uh, at the time she was 12, but she's now 14. Um, I saw her emulating those people pleasing behaviors and worrying so much about making sure her friends were happy that she was losing her own self. And it was this wake up call. And I realized she's getting that from learned behavior. And where is she learning that from? And so I was like, all right. And the thing is, is you have, you have moments along your lifespan where you're seeing inklings of it, but usually there is that moment of like, oh, I'm now aware to it. And I, and I say this all the time is awareness really is the doorway to change. So once you really fully become aware of something, you see, here's, here's my doorway. I can change now. I can move. I can shift. And then it's really your decision. Do you walk through that doorway or do you avoid it? And so for me, recognizing that if I don't shift this, it's going to repeat itself for generations until somebody does was enough for me to say, okay, let's work on this and let's shift these things. Absolutely. So you had this realization and this discovery that there was something else out there. What path did you go down to figure out what was happening and how to fix it? So I, I utilized a coach. <laughs> I utilized a coach and I in therapy. Um, and for me, it was really doing that work on the self, right? It, it's recognizing, you know, I, I am an empath and I do have, um, I'm very highly emotionally attuned, but it was really allowing myself the space to really become that and recognizing it was okay to become that. And so I went through my own self-transformation. And I think that's what led me on this path of what I do now is I've been down the road. I recognize it. And it's, when we decide to make those shifts, there's this acceptance of it's not going to be a one, two, three, switch, turn, turn on the switch or turn off the switch and it changes. It's an ever-growing process. And it's also a recognition that it is, you never really get there, right? Self-growth is a constant. And so as long as you can um, kind of commit to yourself that this is for not just my better good, but for those and the relationships I have with the people that I that truly matter to me you know, that commitment was enough for me to do the work that was required. And now when I'm working with people, because I've walked the path, I know, you know, not shortcuts, I don't want to call them shortcuts, but there are ways to, you know, move it forward so that you're not sitting in this like three year long process. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think and I've come across a few empaths in my life, do you think being an empath amplified the, the effects of what you were experiencing? Definitely. Um, because as an empath, you do absorb energy. And so as you are, um, when you are worried about other people's happiness, you're really taking on like ownership of their whatever energies that they're putting out. And you have to recognize, okay, what's mine and what's theirs and learning to be able to decipher between the two. Um, I, I still think that it's, I, I look at it for me as though it's one of my superpowers in terms of just, it allows me to do the work that I do with, um, such, you know, connection with my clients? Do I have to be cognizant of recognizing, you know, that boundary of like, you know, this is mine and this is theirs? Absolutely. But because of who I am, I think that I was made for the work that I do. Sounds like it. Definitely. Hmm. Let me ask you, if someone maybe is not an empath, what clues could they look to 
to identify that maybe they're in the same situation without the emotional feeling that you feel? Yeah. So a lot of times the things that I've heard, especially with my clients, um, you know, the, the common denominators, it's the, um, when we find ourselves saying I should do something, I ought to do something. Conflict avoidance is a big one. Um, the inability to say no without that guilt sitting in the pit of your stomach. Um, those are like key indicators that you don't have great boundaries and you are sort of living to these external expectations and these external validations. Those are the key, like, I think those trigger, okay, maybe I should look at something here. The other thing that happens too, is I think that a lot of people who, who feel these things, they may not recognize them from an emotional perspective, but physically they'll start to notice that they're drained and some people will notice that, you know, they have these unexplained back pains or neck pains or headaches that just won't seem to go away. And that's your body sort of telling you that you're taking on more responsibility than is yours. It's interesting you say that because I've been in the last year or so connected with a lot of healers and definitely people that focus on chakras and things like that. And I've heard that similar theme through the different modalities of yoga, Reiki and, and everything else. Do, are they all kind of interconnected that way, do you think? I do. And I, I really do believe that our body holds energy in terms of um, what we're feeling emotionally. So one of the things that I take my clients through is we, we actually start to unpack, you know, what happened in the past in terms of just messages that we received when we were children and they were in there and our body held on to that feeling. Because a lot of times if you get in tune with your body, you'll notice that you're, you're carrying around a dense energy somewhere. If you're feeling this stress and overwhelm, it's coming from somewhere and your physical body does hold on to it. And so I do think that, and that's why even with what I do, you know, people will say, oh, I need a life coach for business, which is fine. There are plenty of people that, yes, they can, they can heal that. I work with the whole person. So like, even when somebody comes to me and says, well, I really want to do X, Y, Z. Um, I, I need to, you know, develop more positive habits and uh, follow through with my goals. We work on that. But there's also in conjunction with, let's also talk about your emotions. You know, are you actually expressing your emotions? Talk to me about your relationships. Talk to me about other areas where these things have popped up because usually it's not in one place. It's a whole person. And so if you only band-aid one place, it's still going to show up in other areas. Got it. Let's dig into the physical manifestations a little bit more. Can you maybe give us an example of somebody you've worked with, completely anonymous, of course, with the physical manifestations and what through the process you discovered may have been an underlying cause and possible solutions? Yes. Um, so I actually worked with an individual who um, routinely had uh, shoulder and neck pain, right? She just could not and constantly trying to go get massages and tried physical therapy and just nothing would release this pain. And what we ended up realizing through our work together as we dove into just um, the emotional suppression that sort of had took place from when she was younger and, um, you know, just the way that she was raised and some of the issues that she dealt with in school, all of that had been suppressed. And so her body had actually held on to that tension. And as we learn, as we worked together and she learned to start expressing those emotions, actually allow them to be in motion, allow them to fully express, she was able to um, release that. And eventually that pain started to subside. Awesome. That's a great example. Thank you. So I'm imagining that what you're doing now is very different than what you did several years ago, because I don't think you had this instant discovery 
of how to do all of this. What, what was your life like before? What were you doing and what are you doing now? Yeah. So before this, I mean, I, <clears throat> you know, I did the linear school and everything, but what I was doing for several years before I, I started doing my life coaching was I managed my husband's law practice. And um, in that role, I wore so many different hats, everything from business manager to um, client, you know, client acquisition to client management to human resources. And what I realized through that process was I loved talking to not just the clients, but the employees, but not about, you know, the files. It was about what are they feeling? What's in their way? How can I help support them move forward? And it really, and, and so then you add in the catalyst of being a mom and seeing my kids do this and me going through my own self-work, it kind of was this natural, um, you know, it's, it sort of naturally came together for me. And what's so funny is now that I look back, when I was seven, I used to want to work with people, whether it be um, as a psychiatrist, a psychologist, like I wanted to do that work. And then I deviated, you know, and I went down a different path. But it goes back to what I I say to my clients all the time, which is life is a journey and it's a journey that's happening through us and for us. And so I know that I was meant to go down that path to acquire the knowledge and sort of come back around to something and really identify with, oh, this is where I was drawn even as a child, but really just get back to that, that heart-driven space and really fully be able to commit to it. I think... Um, had I not gone down the path I was on, it wouldn't have all so beautifully come together, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because as I look at my life, I thought I was going to go left and then I ended up going right. And now I'm going in reverse and then not reverse in a bad way, but it's just a completely, you know, 180 degrees from where I started out. I mean, for me, I thought I wanted to be a chef and own my own restaurant. And then years later, I became an HR professional and now entrepreneur. So it's, it's just, pivoted so I can completely understand and relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and it's, and you know, it was a great lesson because it's also recognizing that we're, it's okay to shift. There's not the right way to do it. There's just your way. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, I do kind of remember go to college, get a good job, you know, retire from there and all of that. And, and that went away years ago. And as I look at my professional career, all the jobs and different things that I've done, it's, it's not at all what I would have predicted 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even as a mom, I think my own experience allowed me. So my, my oldest is 18. She's getting ready to leave the house, so to speak, but she's not following the linear path. You know, the linear path, again, go to college and get job, yada, yada. Well, she wants to be a professional ballet dancer. So her path has been go audition. Had I not gone through my own experiences, I would not have been in a position to be able to wholeheartedly support what she's doing because I was brought up with one way and that was, you know, and so I know, like I fully embrace the fact that what's going on for us is teaching us. So... I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the Total Freedom Podcast. I hope you're enjoying and getting value out of what you're listening to. So I want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the Total Freedom Podcast. This will help us to share the message with more people so that they can overcome the challenges in their life, become more resilient, and achieve the life of their dreams. So again, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks so much. Let's dig into that a little bit more because we may have some people listening that are in that rigid, straight path type of thing. What are some things that can be done? 
to identify and to work through that for somebody that maybe has this consciousness to say, yes, I need to change. Yeah. So the, the first thing is, is the consciousness to be like, oh, wait, I, I you know, I'm, I'm living in the shoulds. And then it's to really get down to what are your core gifts and what are your core values? And then figuring out what's the next best step that honors those things. Because when you get back to your core gifts and your core values, you are starting to move towards what you're driven from a heart space to do versus the external should. So like, for instance, take, go back to my daughter's, um, my, not my daughter as an example, you know, come from a large family. So, you know, other members of the family who aren't privy to that awareness, you know, as soon as they heard that she wasn't going to be necessarily going to college right away, granted, she says, she, you know, it's in her plan, just not immediately because dancing is this time limited thing. They couldn't understand that. But because she always anchored back into her core gifts and her core values and what she, you know, really driving from a heart centered space, she was able to just, I hear it. Thanks for sharing and put it off to the side and continue going down her path. And it's kind of the same way for us as as soon as we become aware of it and we recognize, oh, those are the shoulds, really anchor into what it is that drives me personally versus listening to the outside world. That's great. That, that, that's actually really good. What I want to ask, I want to kind of use me as an example. It took me a very, very long time to find out what my gifts are. Mm-hmm. How do you help people identify the gifts? The values are fairly easy, but the gifts for me, and it's really only been in the last maybe year or two where I've really figured that out and it was really hard for me. So how do you go get people to identify them? You know, it's so interesting you said that because I've been working with a couple different people who have really struggled with it because we just started working together. And so one of the exercises that I really do have them go through is spending time on a daily basis, recognizing the things you have done well. Because what it comes down to is we spend so much time judging ourselves for the things that we didn't do well. We lose track of being able to celebrate ourselves even for those small things that we've accomplished. So when we get back into a pattern and we rebuild those neural pathways in our brains to recognize the things that we're doing well, suddenly we're able to see for ourselves what those core gifts that we have are. It's almost as if we turned it off because we've created these other pathways in our brain to, you know, to judge and to think about the things we should have done and the things that we should fix and all these things that we actually have to re reroute ourselves and be able to see what we're doing well. And then we're able to see what our core gifts are. And it really does come with getting present, you know, not, not trying to do it in the midst of a haywire day. It's, you know, really taking the time and being conscious about slowing it down, getting present in the moment and really anchoring into what it is that we feel. And I think you probably find that people misidentify something as insignificant because it's easy for them and maybe not for somebody else. And therein lies that gift. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And it's so interesting because people will say, well, that's just silly. I mean, I do that every day. Exactly. It, you do it every day. And that is something to celebrate. Absolutely. I know one of the techniques that I preach about is anchoring. So I will have people go through and kind of identify some success in the past, even if it's going back and graduating school or getting a good grade on something, if we have to go that far back to anchor the emotions and feelings in the past and bring it into today with, you know, a word, an action, a physical something or other. So it kind of goes along the lines of what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to that. You make a really great point because that also goes with when, when I'm talking about gratitude, right? Being grateful. 
you know, the actual practice of gratitude raises our vibration level. And so sometimes people are like, well, nothing's going well. Life is just terrible right now. Okay. Let's, if we have to go back further, just let's find something that you can be grateful for. You know, let's, let's anchor into that um, because you can bring those emotions with you. Absolutely. And I actually learned that technique in a completely different realm. I was learning how to present on stage and to sell on stage. And the anchoring was to get into a state of no fear. And I kind of correlated it on my own. I don't know how I came up with this, but to being able to make changes in the present in fear or anger or discontent or whatever it might be. So I just kind of found it in a roundabout way. Again, right? Life is a journey that's happening for us, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you incorporate other type of spiritual practices like meditation and and yoga, things like that as a part of what you do and for your clients? Yeah. So I actually do. um, I've recorded a couple different meditations that I offer to my clients should they want them. I have found that some people, the thought of meditation actually causes more anxiety. The thought of closing their eyes causes more anxiety. So my whole, and you mentioned this in my intro, is I really do try to meet the client where they are. So for those that it works for them, absolutely. I do find that finding even that five minutes each day where you can just meditate and be quiet and just settle that mind down is beautiful. And so I do try to encourage that. However, those individuals were like, yeah, it just closing my eyes and trying to get quiet just doesn't work for me. We'll find other things. Like for instance, one individual that I was working with, um, she shared with me that closing her eyes causes way too much anxiety. Her mind actually races more. And so we dove into that and we realized that art, drawing and painting is a way that she can slow it down. And so that has become, shall we say, quote unquote, her meditation. So it's just a matter of, okay, this works for me. And so I do incorporate it. It just doesn't look the same in every single situation. I absolutely love that because that client of yours, it kind of relates to me. I close my eyes and my brain, it seems to go into hyperdrive and just continues to go. I've gone into um, not so much a guided meditation. I use the center point meditations and their guidance says you don't have to stop the mind. You don't have to get a blank slate. So that's helped me immensely. But if I look with her for painting, for me, it's probably cooking because I went to culinary school back in the day. So when I'm cooking, I'm just in that cooking zone and my, my brain is gone. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, another one of my clients, um, she uses Play-Doh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And it just quiets the mind and she's able to manipulate it. And it's not super messy, like, you know, ceramics or anything like that. (laughs) So it works. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you find in working with your clients that you have the same themes that come up that you're mitigating? Or is it just across the board and random? No, and I I think there are the same themes, but I think it's because, um, you know, especially with coaching, you'll resonate with a certain type of person, right? That's why I, I, I say like, you know, people say, oh, there's so many life coaches. Yeah, there's so many of us, but we're all so unique in what we know and how we approach situations and the gifts that we bring that the right people will resonate with you. So it's not ever the same because no two individuals are the same, but the themes are very similar that you can find. You know, one person might be having um, an issue with people pleasing and it's affecting business, And another person might have it show up in their relationship. Same common theme, different areas. So, you know, in terms of my work, I mean, I do cater all of my work to who's in front of me. So I'm not one of those who's like, it's 
you know, this is what I offer. And like, this is the step one through step eight and checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. It's where are you and what do you need? And that type of thing. Um, however, I will say that in terms of that common thread, there's definitely a common theme in terms of who resonates with me and who doesn't. <laughs> okay. And is your work more one-on-one or do you do small group sessions? How does your business work? So I right now am focusing on one-on-one. Um, <clears throat> I'm an introvert by nature. I, I do really love to dive in with one person at a time. Um, I have done small groups in the past, so I'm not opposed to it. Just right now, I've been focusing on the one-on-one and doing um, smaller workshops. So I've done a few workshops recently, just in terms of um, which is about, I think they we generally have 10 to 15 kids at a time. And those are just on specific topics, like for instance, self-compassion or um, self-confidence was another one. How do we communicate in a healthy respectful way, um, but still communicate what our needs are so that we're not, you know, shrinking in order to make ourselves smaller so somebody else feels better. That's generally where I've been focused right now. Got it. And now at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of coronavirus, a lot of uh, lockdown, stay at home orders. Is your business predicated on virtual or is it live? A mixture? Has it changed as a result of what's happening? Um, so interestingly enough, most of my business is virtual. Um, I do do in-person sessions, but of course those have moved to virtual for right now. Um, so, which is great because it means that I can, where they are, you know, I'm not, I'm not bound to only work with people where I live, but I can work with people across the world. So, um, and I was going to say, yeah, it opens up a whole world of potential clients by being able to do it that way. Um, yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> How do you find your clients? What, where do they come from? So interestingly enough, at the first, the beginning of my practice, it was mainly, um, you know, referral and word of mouth. Um, lately, I've actually been getting a lot more messages online and recognizing, oh my gosh, coming from um, all over at this point um, in terms of, you know, it's not, it's not even just the United States, which just from different countries. And I find that, um, I find that thrilling because you know what, um, we're all just part of the humankind. Like that thread is just, it's, and it's, it's a great reminder that, um, and especially with the, even this coronavirus pandemic, you know, the human race, right. We're all just, we're all just spiritual beings here having human You know, I'm finding throughout this that even though it's working remote and virtually, I think we're getting more connected, which has been a surprising benefit of this. It's been very strange in my view. Yeah, you know, do you think that because it, we've been put in a place where we're more conscious of it, you know, because we're being told you have to distance, it's forcing us to actually be aware and so when we're aware that we are social distancing, we are more conscious about connecting with one another. Absolutely. I can definitely say that's what I'm observing. Hominy, we're coming up near the end here. And uh, I want to know, is there a question that maybe I should have asked or didn't think to ask something that you're commonly asked that you'd like to answer now? Um, You know, the, the big how do I know that coaching is going to work for me? Good, good one. 
and 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 the, the the truth of it, the truth of that one, and the answer to that one is, it works for those who are wanting to commit to that change. You know, if you're willing to um, invest in yourself and invest in making the shifts that you have decided that you want to make, and you're owning that process. Finding the right coach that resonates with you is part of that process. But if you are fully committed to it, anything is possible. And um, if you're looking for the quick fix and the the you know have somebody fix it, it doesn't work, right? So you just have to be willing to um, recognize your part in it and willing to do that work. And then the world opens up. And um, I truly believe that one. And you invest in yourself and in that process, it exponentially changes things for you in all aspects. Absolutely. It's a great perspective. Comedy, how can people reach out and connect with you, circle in your universe? They can reach me. I'm on the internet at comedywood.com, which is K-A-M-I-N-I-W-O-O-D.com. I'm also on Facebook. My business page is It's Authentic Me. And if uh, somebody sends me a message through my Facebook page or sends me an email uh, from my website, I will absolutely respond. Terrific. Comedy, thank you so much for coming on today. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. And I love the message that you're sharing with everybody. Thank you. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. That's another episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you. You can find the show notes for this episode at totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash episode two. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We create this podcast to help people become more resilient, overcome the challenges in their life, and achieve the life of their dreams. So I wanted to introduce you to the Resolve Formula, which is my unique system to overcome virtually any challenge in life or business. So I want to invite you to head over to totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash resolve and see the short video that I created that walks you through the seven very simple steps of that Resolve Formula. So again, head over to Total Freedom podcast.com forward slash resolve check out the video and we'll see you on the next episode thanks thanks for listening to total freedom with john racine at www.totalfreedompodcast.com